Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. Paul Klink is an Oahu-based philanthropy, business, and marketing consultant who received the Lieutenant Governor's Award for being one of Hawaii's 100 high-tech executives. He's also a Facebook event marketer with a very dynamic network. I am pleased to have him with me on this podcast. Aloha. On your Facebook page, you say, live aloha. What does that mean? Um... To define aloha is like defining love. That's putting a box around something that should be endless and boundless. But um, living aloha in in the context of where I'm placing it is more about humility, uh, graciousness, uh, compassion, passion, um, the ability to really uh, feel the sense of Hawaii. It's funny, you know, because being a Facebook follower of yours, I get the aloha on the mainland from you. Um, what uh, advice do you have for our listeners who want to live the aloha online? To live aloha online anywhere, to me, is about just being real, down-to-earth, authentic. That keeping it real factor really makes a big difference. I think people will stay in touch and, and keep coming back to your feed if you really are keeping it authentic. If it's contrived or arrogant or you're doing things for effect. You know, I think people really have a BS meter built in at birth. And... They'll let it peg a couple of times, but if it, if it stays past zero, they're really not going to be coming back very often. And I really try to keep it unsolicitous. I don't, I don't want to solicit things on my Facebook status or things that I, I like talking about things I've done, not so much things I'm going to do. And if I do do an invitation or I do something that's marketing, I do what's called passive marketing, using the law of candor, keeping it really truthful and down to earth, letting them in on something as opposed to like, you know, pushing things at them. What I've always done in my practices and with all my staff and associates is work on attraction rather than promotion. You know, if you promote something, maybe you're bringing people to something they shouldn't be at, whereas if you're attracting people, you're going to self-target it and get the message to the right people and they'll show up. It's just a matter of getting the word out to the right people. So you do a lot of event marketing on Facebook. Um, what three actionable tips do you have for our listeners uh, that they can use to promote events on Facebook? I'd say number one is don't turn your information to the white, into white noise. Meaning, if you just promote things and only promote things over and over and over, it becomes white noise. It's very easy to, to dismiss. Um, because I do send out a lot of invitations to different types of events for my associates and my friends and my own events, um, I also intermix that with a lot of my personal life, my activities, um, photos from my different events. Um, so first, we'd go, first of all, no, don't become white noise. Second of all, more than, other than a save-the-date an event notification and a last-minute reminder and maybe a group for the event if it's ongoing um, or a page for the club um, so that people know where they're going to and feel some kind of an attachment and loyalty to. There's no real need to really hammer people over and over and over with communications. That will lose a lot of attention and may get you in trouble with Facebook. I found that out early on because I got very excited about certain events I'd learned about. and just keep sending invitation after invitation and I was actually... Um, taken off Facebook and I had to restart from scratch um, I'm, that was an awesome experience for me to learn moderation um, and make sure that um, I wasn't going to be overwhelming people with information and, 
and making people upset for getting spammed. Um, and third of all, be very authentic about your information and succinct in your invite. Um, waxing and waning about, and this is not always true, but waxing and waning about the, the most minute details of the event in general, in general aren't that useful on the invi- event invite. Um, on the event invite, who, what, where, why, when, how, and what, and where to park. Um, in Hawaii, parking, parking, and more parking is the number one marketing rule, so make sure they know where to park, what's in it for them, date, time, place, be very careful about um, being very specific, try to get a map link on there, um, and do these things to make it convenient for people to get the information quickly, and then put links to that to an, a group page or an event page that people can go to to get more information, um, but keep the event invite simple. I used to put these big event invites together, and the the attendance went way, way down, and then when I was very short and brief on my event invites, the attendance was markedly larger. Are most of your Facebook um, friends in Hawaii? Um, I think the majority of my Facebook friends on the Facebook page that I have that you're my friend on are generally mostly in Hawaii or have an affinity to Hawaii. Um, I have hundreds of sock puppets on Facebook, MySpace, Yelp, you name it, which are different personalities and different targeted audience for different reasons. Um, and so on, some of those are all maxed out at 5,000. Some may have a few hundred but are highly targeted. I have a golfing uh, sock puppet. I have a, you know, I, I had one of the first Apple Newtons. We have a little Newton sock puppet, and these attract people who had Newtons. Um, I create, because there's, there's no reason to only have one Facebook page, um, I have multiple pages that have multiple versions of me that are targeted to different um, audiences, especially since personal pages have a 5,000 friend limit and those are the most personal and will attract the most people. Once you go to pages, groups, um, or business pages, you get less, generally speaking, you get less attention for small clicks of, of targeted people. Do you have any concerns that people who might see the different um, identities you have on, on Facebook might somehow say, hey, he's being inauthentic because he's segmenting his identity? Um, I guess that could be a possible reaction, but I think I'm pretty, I'm overt about it. I don't hide it from anybody. And it, it says, like, you know, Paul Clink Tennis or Paul Clink Golf or, you know, whatever these, my different personalities are there for a reason. And they're all there for a logical reason. And I think people would more appreciate it so that they're not being bombarded by salsa invitations if you're only into golfing. Um, whereas they can still friend me in more than one place. Um, like on the personality, profi- personal profile that you're my friend on. I have 640 people waiting to be my friend. I can't friend because I'm at a 5,000 friend limit. When you're at a 5,000 friend limit, I may have 4,956 friends today, but pages I've liked are considered friends, so they complement the 5,000 limit. Um, and sometimes it goes to 5,076, 5,078, then Facebook will literally drop friends off my page without me knowing it. And like my, my best friend was just yelling at me the other day for defriending me, and I didn't know I, I didn't, Facebook did. Uh, hopefully Facebook will transmit transition page or personal pages to pages with a click at some point or allow you to expand your friends past 5,000 but the original reason for Facebook having 5,000 friends or under was to be um, more personal and succinct and for college students it wasn't meant for promoting these kinds of it, we're going way past the original reason for Facebook being created um, I was just recently hanging out with Chris Perillo and we were talking about you know having contacts in Facebook and actually having people you know invest a lot of money in advertising and having some pull here and there in Facebook which we both had at some point, but now we don't anymore. Facebook has tightened up really. They're sticking to their guns as far as, you know, personal pages are for personal people, and personal people generally don't have 5,000 or more friends. I literally do, because I've been in Hawaii 25 years. I'm a direct marketer. I've kept track of people. I send out 17,000 Christmas cards a year, and you'll get one this year. 
So, I mean, literally, I, I do keep track of that many people. So I'm very, very unique in this situation. And I don't expect Facebook to bend for me. But I'm also not going to create a fan page for me. I'm just me. I'm just Paul Klink living out here in Hawaii enjoying my life. And, and yeah, if I can inspire people along the way, great. What is the limit for fan pages? There is no limit, There's, right? there's no known limit for fan pages or personal pages or business pages. But to me, there's, there's a... There's a uh, an arrogance to it I, I, I don't associate with. It's just a little, to me, it's a little more difficult to communicate. You can't generally invite everybody to an event on a group page as easily as you can or as personally as you can on a personal page. And it, it, people get into a fan page or into a business page or a group page knowing they're just part of a fan base or group or a business um, group. So to me, it loses a lot of the personal touch. Based on your experience, are communities generally less engaged on fan pages than they are on somebody's personal profile? I don't know that fan pages have been used very effectively on Facebook yet by a lot of people. I've, I've managed a few fan pages and, and it kind of becomes the stepchild to a personal page anyways. Most celebrities I work with, and I work with quite a few personal friends that are celebrities and they're working with them and their pages, you know, I'd like the celebrity to actually run their own personal personal page they allow up to 5,000 people on. But once they get into their fan pages, they don't seem to engage the fans very well there because it, they lose that personal touch. If you have a fan page um, can you have a two-way conversation with the identity of the fan page or does the identity traverse back to the profile um, it stays on the fan page so the fan page itself as far as I know you you can post things but the problem is you have a filter so you can have something unidirectionally coming down from the monitor or the, the person who's running the fan page to the group and that's all you see on the wall and then you get the response or any information coming from fans which is hard to monitor on a separate page, and usually they filter it so you don't see it on the wall, so you don't see the dialogue at all. So it's unidirectional, it's just information, which is useful. We just used one for the um, uh, the casting for the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, they wanted to put together a group to inform extras um, for casting and where the casting calls were, um, how to be prepared for the casting calls, and so forth. So it was really in, just for straight information coming out to a huge group of people. It was perfect. And then you run into problems with authenticity of the page. So to make sure that you know, once we set up our page and it was the authentic of, official original page, 20 other clones of that page went out trying to attract people and then sell other things to them. So I think another thing in Facebook is there is a certain level of anonymity, but that also allows for a lot of um, fraud. So you got to be careful. What do you do doing. about those spoofed identities? Um, you can just try to verify, tell people you are the official homepage and find ways to verify that in our case, you know, affiliate with uh, the production company, affiliate with um, authentic information they already were, ver- were were comfortable with. And they joined our page and tried to put something different in the title of our page so they knew that was our page. Paul Klink, Hawaii-based philanthropy, business, and marketing consultant, thank you for joining us. Uh, mahalo and aloha. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at OnTheRecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com.